on the hero's journey, a party of like-minded adventurers is essential. And not just because they can aid in dragon slaying or carrying chests of treasure. Each person in the party brings a unique perspective, a way of framing the world based on their own unique quests and experiences. By bringing these disparate ideas together, the party only grows stronger. This is also true in business, where the most successful companies often thrive because of the ideas presented by those actually in the trenches. They thrive because they give their employees a voice and empower them to use it. And by bringing more disciplines under one roof, the business benefits from in-house expertise exponentially increasing the potential for growth and allowing that business to move with agility, no matter what obstacles present themselves. This is Zero to Unicorn. Last time on Zero to Unicorn, Norhart made some major strides toward value-based hiring practices to ensure that the various employees who make up Norhart were aligned and prepared to take the company to the next level. With this ace team behind him, Mike started looking to the construction industry, its various obstacles, including outdated practices and financial hurdles, and set about building the processes that would allow Norhart to flourish, no matter what problems presented themselves, starting with a new way to think about building capital. In the last year, we've seen the rise of inflation. And with that comes the rise of interest rates. Because of all that going on, the banks have become a little bit more skittish. In the past, if we had a $100 million building, they would typically offer about $75 million in funding. Now, fundamentally, our costs typically were a little less than that, at like $70 million. And that worked out really well. But now recently, because of all of this, those banks have gone from 75 million down to 55 million. And so now we have a financial bridge that we have, or a gap that we have to bridge. And we're doing that in a number of ways. The first is to drive down expenses. And there are really two key strategies here, and this is by far the most powerful and also the most challenging thing to do to drive down expenses. This is how we solve the industry in the long term. And so two key strategies. One is that we are improving our productivity. It's, it's fixing what bugs you. It's making little improvements. It's improving our supply chain. It's, it's things like we want the materials to come from the factory in large containers, but then get broken down into smaller aspects so that the material that you need in your area is arriving at just the right moment. And so there's a lot of areas for improvement there that we want to constantly work to grow even further on. But the second area is our materials. And so we're working to go further down the supply chain. You know, we would typically buy from suppliers here in the United States who would often buy their products from overseas. And so now we've gone purchasing a lot of those products directly from overseas, from places like China and Mexico, and still here in the United States. And that helps 
drive down costs as well. And when appropriate, we are actually building out the manufacturing capacity to build the appropriate components that we need when it makes sense for that overall supply chain. That's the money out side. Then we have the money in side. For this side, we really have three core tactics that we're working on. The first is the traditional route. This is raising money from traditional investors. These tend to be the accredited investors who um, are looking to put their money into real estate. This is good, this is okay, this is the normal way of the world. And we'll, we'll explore that and we may engage with them. But we're, we always like to think differently and to try to change the industry. And so one of the things I don't love with that approach is that the vast majority of Americans don't have access to investing in that kind of platform. And so there's other avenues that we can take to actually allow everyone to have access to invest in what we're doing. And that is what we call Norhart Invest. And this is a platform that we're building up that gives people a rate of return, an interest rate that's much higher than they can get really most anywhere else and certainly from any other bank. And the way I like to think about this is that we are eliminating the bank and we're allowing you as the individual American, as, as an investor, to get not only the interest you would have earned from the bank, but to also get the bank's profits. And to me, this just feels right to support the world and aligns with our mission about giving everyone access to these kind of benefits. The last option, not our favorite, but it's definitely an option, is simply to sell buildings. And so just by selling one or two buildings gives us a lot more runway to continue what we're doing. Now, prior to the change in the financial world, we have been doubling in size every year. And this is what we called accelerated growth. But with accelerated growth comes problems, comes troubles. And with the rise in interest rates and the financial situation, we decided to pause on accelerated growth until we tapped into the investor market to give us a greater access to capital. But this was incredibly good timing for us because with growth comes problems. And we, we have problems related to growth that we are working now on solving. One of the issues that you run into is something called Price's Law. This is the you know, intuitive notion that just adding more people to a problem doesn't necessarily mean that that problem gets solved faster. So if we were producing units at a rate of, say, one unit a day, if we doubled the number of employees, you might think, oh, now I can get to two units a day. But well, the reality is that's not the case. In fact, in some situations, you can go from one unit a day down to half a unit a day. You can actually go slower by adding more people. And so it takes time for us to evaluate people, make sure that they're the right fit, and also to ramp people up well in their positions. And so we've hired on a ton of new people and giving us some space here right now to work on those issues, build out our systems, is actually incredibly valuable to us. But not only that, with our accelerated growth, we went into many new areas. We went into precast concrete. 
We went into steel wall panel production. We went into engineering and architecture and started, and we're starting now to engineer the way that our buildings are built. Uh, we brought in new trades like fire sprinkler and excavation. There were so many changes that have happened in the last year or two that we were starting to trip over ourselves. And so now we're just taking the next few months to improve those things. So once we tap into the wider capital market, that we're ready to move back to accelerated growth. After the break, bringing trades in-house would allow Norhart to move with an agility that other construction companies could only dream of. But it wasn't the only way Norhart was building a machine for accelerated growth. Hey, it's Mike. Let's beat the banks at their own game. Traditional banks don't have great interest rates, but they charge businesses like Norhart higher rates and they keep all the profits. Why don't we cut out the middleman and connect directly, thus leaving more for both of us? Invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates. To learn more, visit norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and get more than you ever could at a bank? This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest. You know, we're, we're focused and driving down the cost of housing. And so there's a lot of techniques that we use to do that. But one of the best parts of having just an amazing team is that somebody sparks an idea and even if it's insane or crazy, we start to think, what if? An example, uh, this past year, we, we looked at our precast concrete facility. These are the, the facility that produces the concrete beams and posts and columns that build up the foundation and the core of many of our buildings. And when we looked at our supply chain, there's only a handful of companies in the Midwest that do this. And their production timelines were really far out. Their costs were quite high. When we needed to get precast concrete done for the building we're currently building in Oakdale right now. This is Dan, Norhart's construction superintendent. Um, we had, I don't know how many cubic yards, about 160,000 square feet of deck and then all the supporting structure beams and columns to hold that up three stories worth of precast and everybody was backlogged we talked to different contractors all the way up to uh to outside of grand forks uh which is a that's a heck of a lot of shipping for precast concrete um even going that far out we couldn't get anybody that could meet our timeline and then also our budget um, but even if, if dollars weren't a, a factor, just to get it done in time, um, and we said, I mean, we, we were shopping a year out, 18 months out, I think, and we couldn't get precast in time. And someone said and looked at this and said, what if? What if we just created our own precast concrete facility? This was insane, but the energy and excitement behind it started to billow up as we all started to think, well, maybe that's possible. None of us know how to do that, but maybe we can solve it. It had, it had been one of those crazy things in the background. I think Mike had thrown that out one time. And we just make our own precast 
And I mean, those, he says those things and they're funny, but they live in your brain and you, you do start working away. How are we going to do that? Um, we started digging into it. We brought in consultants. We brought in people that have done this very thing, start a, a precast division. Um, those experts told us you can't get this done in time. They said, there's not enough runway. You need to find a different route. Let's, let's keep working together and we'll do this eventually, but you can't get it done in time. And we said, we don't have another option. We're going to do this thing. We started touring precast concrete facilities. We started having discussions with people that might know people who might have experience in this. We started to explore candidates across the United States that have experience in precast concrete. And we found one of the top people in the country. Only there was a problem. He lived in Florida. And so as we continued the dialogue with him, we started to realize that even though he didn't want to move from Florida to the frigid Minnesota, he was willing to fly. And so we came up with an arrangement where he flew up to work every single week. We found one of our key players and then we needed to find the equipment and the, the build up the systems to support that. And we were able to find a company that was that had done some precast concrete work and was ramping that space down. And we got a great deal on a number of components and these giant cranes and these beds that the precast is formed in. And we started to build up this facility. I think, I think our start date had shifted by a couple of months uh, for other reasons. Um, but precast didn't slow us down. We set it when we needed it and built entirely by our team. We've got 18 people now in New Richmond, Wisconsin, without a building. They're doing this all outside because we haven't built them a building yet, um, but we're making our own precast concrete and it's, it's a huge scale operation and we should not have been able to do it. The experts told us we couldn't do it and we did it anyways. So even though initially it was just an insane idea, it was just a moonshot of a concept we kept inching forward just because of our own passion and excitement about what could be. And as a result, we produced one of the only handful of companies in the Midwest that does precast concrete. It was clear to Mike that maintaining the status quo for the construction industry was no path forward for a company determined to achieve real societal outcomes. But being an industry disruptor is not without certain risks. If you want to become a unicorn, if you want to be on that journey to change the world, you can't just accept the status quo. You've got to find new ways to change the way we look at the world. And so having that mentality, that what if, the what can be done is an essential ingredient to making that happen. There's a lot of variables that go into how many apartment buildings we can build. Uh, we're learning the more variables we can control, the easier it is. This is Tim, Norhart's chief financial officer. To get costs down, we need to bring more trades in-house, buy more equipment, a number of things that's, you know, to, let's say, lower the cost of cabinets. We're looking at building a cabinet manufacturing shop. Well, that's not cheap. So uh, why it becomes scary is like every time we have capital, we want to deploy it. So we want to go spend our money in a way that allows us to ultimately reduce costs. Now it sounds a little 
kind of back and forth, right, or contradictory of, well, we're going to spend more to save more. Uh, and the savings really come with critical mass. So that means probably not saving a lot of money if we're only building 300 cabinets a year. If we're building 20,000 cabinets a year, we're, we're saving money. So spending those that money today, kind of taking those bets on these are the areas where we can reduce costs that we also might not see today either. So Precast, for example, is a new venture for us. This is our first project doing it. I don't think we're gonna save any money doing Precast ourselves. However, when we, one, iron out all of the wrinkles of doing a new new project ourselves, uh, I think we'll save money on it. We've, we've noticed it in all of our trades we've bought in house, whether it's capital intensive, requiring a bunch of equipment to get into like precast or plumbing is not, didn't require a bunch of money to do it. Just, you know, required the right people. And we saw it was more expensive at first, if not a break, even more expensive, but now over time, significantly cheaper. I think we'll get there with the precast too, but it's just, we had to spend some money to get there. And I don't see that mentality ever changing. I think we're always going to be looking at the next thing in order to ultimately get the cost of housing down. So what are we spending? How are we deploying our capital today to in 10 years be at that point where we can build for 50 cents on the dollar? And that's where, you know, I think it can be a little risky because what if we can't build at the speed we need to? What if we, uh, have a deal fall through or something like that for the next project where we're kind of are betting on that critical mass to to break even and make this possible to ultimately save money and we don't get there uh now i don't think we'll ever get there if we are conservative and say no we're not going to do that that's too risky if we did that all the time we would probably still be building 100 units a year our construction crew would be I don't know, a half to a third of the size that it is today. We would not, I, I would not be talking to you. That's for sure. This whole, you know, all this podcast stuff around me, th- this would definitely not uh, be reality if we just wanted to play it safe and only did, you know, something that looked smart on paper today, didn't think about the future or risks or gambles. This last year, we had some crazy goals ahead of us certain production rates that we wanted to hit, which we hit. We wanted to be a certain number of units, which we accomplished. We also wanted to do some crazy things like precast concrete in-house and wall panel factory. And those were crazy things a year ago. They were just a dream. They were a far off fantasy that felt very improbable. But today we have accomplished those items. It's so exciting because it it was this team that made that a reality. This push for taking risks on big ideas set Norhart apart from its competitors in several ways, starting with the industry standard approach to construction. Yeah, so a, a typical construction company that would build buildings. This is Rudy, Norhart's plumbing department project manager. They would first off they would they would get a contract to build them or they would buy land to build them. And then they would have under 10 employees that are actually running it. And all of those employees are in charge of 
managing that project and employing other companies to actually do the physical work. So you would have plumbing subcontracted and electrical subcontracted and concrete and drywall and everybody would be subcontracted. So you'd have all of these independent companies coming together working for one, you know, for one company at the top, but they aren't all part of the same company. So they all come in, they all do their little work. Traditionally, construction's very segmented. Your owner is a different company than your uh, developer who finds and coordinates sites, who's different than your general contractor who coordinates all of the construction. That's different than your subcontractors, your plumbers, your electricians, your HVAC, who's different yet again than your manufacturers and your suppliers. This creates problems. And then let's say the cabinets aren't, aren't laid out correctly. Then the plumber would say, oh, well, it's going to be an extra 30 grand or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm just throwing a number out there um, for me to be able to make the adjustments in order to make these, you know, faucets and, and drains line up with these cabinets. So it, there, there's just a lot more conflict. Um, but yeah, so they're all, they're all, all the workers in the building actually doing the work all work for a different person. I mean, imagine for a moment if a construction company were to produce cars. You'd have a different company installing the windshield and a different company yet installing the wheel and a different company installing the doors. And then of course the door company, well, they would have been busy on another project and they wouldn't be able to get to your factory for a week. That means your factory is shut down. And then when they get there, they are irate. They're upset because they can only work on one car at a time to the assembly line. Instead, they want an entire room full of cars for them to work on most efficiently. They're really thinking about themselves rather than the whole system. In fact, I've seen teams or subcontractors rip materials out of the wall that some other some contractor did just because they were angry and they wanted to teach the other subcontractor a lesson. It's awful. And I've heard horror stories of uh, butting heads. Actually, when I started here, we had several trades subcontracted. Um, it's taken us a couple years to get everybody that we want in-house. There is a story I have with plumbing where we had these, we had, uh, we had employed a company um, eventually we had replaced that moved at the speed of molasses and there, and there just wasn't much you could do um, to get them to produce the numbers we wanted to produce because they said well we work for so and so and we're contracted to do this amount of work and we don't really care oh you know carpenters forgot to stand one wall we're going home or they they were just uh they were finicky to work with they were they were difficult and also the incentives are mismatched i've seen we had a drywaller in one of our buildings this is before we had it in-house who in one wall had to install two layers of drywall and the first layer of drywall 
had to match the same specifications as the second layer. It was a safety concern, a fire rating. In that first layer, the ends of the drywall had to end on studs. And there was a certain screw pattern that they had to match and there couldn't be any big holes. What happened to walk in the unit? And that first layer looked like a kindergartner had installed it. Mismatch of pieces up on the wall, big holes and gaps, screw pattern was not met. And I pulled the subcontractor aside and said, dude, what, what are you doing? I said, oh, sorry, we'll, we'll fix the problem. But it made me think, like, these subs are trying to cut corners because that's how they maximize the profit for themselves. Bringing things under one roof means that our teams are not incentivized to do that. They get paid their salary whether or not they cut corners or not. We don't want them to cut corners and they take pride in the work that they do. Their name is on that building. So you start improving quality. It's a lot harder to get the results that you want if you're not all working in-house is I think what we came to find. When the entire company is focused on doing the best work that they can, something magical happens. Rather than identifying obstacles, Norhart's employees are empowered to find solutions. That's where I see myself in the company. My role is, is connecting those dots and inventing new ways to be able to produce more with the same amount of manpower. Um, so material as you build more is always going to scale equally. Um, I mean, relatively. Um, it's going to follow your production pace material pretty, pretty um, exactly. So when it comes to manpower, how could we change the way we build? How could we utilize our factory? We have a factory now in Forest Lake that's been running for almost a year now, I think. Um, and so that hasn't been something we were able to utilize early because they were just trying to produce the walls um, to plumb in. But now uh, I'm working with engineers in the factory to be able to see what we could get done. So um, for instance, penetration. So we, we drill holes in these walls in the field. My biggest goal right now um, with improving production on the plumbing side is if we could get those holes drilled at the factory, then in the ideal world, all of the plumbers come to work, they've got a backpack with all their tools in them, they just walk up to the unit, they, they have a schedule, and then all of the holes are drilled, everything's laid out already, they don't have to, that would eliminate an, an entire um, phase of our production, so we split it into, we split in our, our, our roughing into three areas, so that would eliminate one of the three so that would be a, a one-third faster if we could get it done at the factory now the factory still has to take time to do those things but when it's on the production line um, it, it's much much easier when you don't have to carry tools up from second floor to fifth floor and uh, to, to make all of these penetrations work so that's one that's just one example but um we're littered with opportunity, and that's that's the part that excites me. With several trades in-house, the complications that could arise when dealing with subcontractors became opportunities for solving complex problems before they even happened. There's a ton of different trades that it takes to build a building. I don't have that number off the top of my head, but there's many trades. You have paint, drywall, all these you know, electrical, excavation, concrete, all these different trades that go into 
erecting a building. Bringing that in-house, um, that wasn't my doing, but that's something um, Mike has done that has enabled me to coordinate better with other trades so I can figure out where is HVAC's, you know, exhaust going to go? Okay, how can I, how can I lay mine out so that we never have a conflict? So we've done a lot of that already. Um, HVAC has their, um, has their exhaust runs for like their bathroom fans. They have those being put in at the factory. So we can, we can go in there and we can look in the unit and things are already run and they're already, cons you know, considered between me and, and the PM of, of HVAC and engineers as well. So it's kind of, it's kind of a team effort, um, to be able to say, where can we put this exhaust run, uh, and not interfere with, uh, future plumbing or electrical. There's a lot of value to having somebody who knows how it's actually run to coordinate with engineers. There's a tub wall that you sh that you mount the valve for the tub in and you mount the shower head for the tub in the in this wall that goes right behind it and if we could standardize that wall and put that wall behind every single tub in the whole building we would never have to redesign it we would never have to lay it out we'd never have to look at prints and translate measurements from the print to the to the wall and then drill it this the, these are all steps we could save by um, coordinating with an engineer and somebody who and somebody who's been in the trade for a while, uh, knowing how things are actually run. You know, we want to be so much better than where the industry is at, not so we can dominate or hurt other players. That's not where our heart is at. Instead, we want to do it so that we can help improve society. So we would love for other players that have the heart, the energy, the drive, that want to also change this industry. This industry is massive. We want to work together to solve the problem, to drive down the cost of housing for all. After the break, bringing the various trades under Norhart's roof, as well as creating factories for prefabricating concrete and wall panels, boosted the company's efficiency. But it was hardly the only way that Norhart was innovating in the construction industry. Hey, it's Mike. Passive income is one of this year's hottest buzzwords, but what is it? Well, passive income is when the elite make money and the rest of us sleep. Here at Norhart, we decided to open up this opportunity to everyone by giving you the chance to invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates without doing a thing. To learn more, visit norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H. ART.com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and see what you can build towards. This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest. Another thing that we do is just work to solve all the little problems. The reality is that in construction, there's no one key problem that solves it all. Rather, it's 10,000 little issues. And so it's all about building the kind of culture that thinks about continuous improvement. It's getting everyone to help 
find ways to solve those problems, to fix what bugs them, to make a two-second improvement every day. If you think as a leader that you alone can solve the problems in your business to improve efficiency, the reality is you can't. You're just one brain. But you need the brain power of everyone in your organization working together toward that end goal. Electrical is what I can speak on mostly. This is Derek, who does electrical roughing at Norhart. Yeah, so we used to run range wire, so the, the oven, and we used to run it from the panel up across the joy space, down into the box, and then once the drywall's up, it would plug into there. And then someone said, why don't we try to run it down? It's less, uh, less area to cover, and that wire itself is like $4 a foot. So we tried it, you get one guy below you, and then you just kind of hand him the wire. And that saved us like probably, I, I don't know the exact number, but I think it was like six or eight minute, minutes every time we ran a range, and then it saved like $40, which doesn't seem super crazy, but when you got 300 units, that's that adds up. That's one thing that worked out well. And we've had stuff that just wasn't the best before either, but that was a good idea and it worked out. Even small changes and ideas can have huge impacts on a job site. Probably the thing that I used most as well as everybody else on our crew is when you do a kitchen layout on Ruffin, you look at a plan and it says you got to kind of go along the wall and mark it out. So you got 30 inches for the fridge, 18 for a shelf or a cabinetry, 30 for the range. So instead of looking at a plan, I put it all on a piece of wood, like a stick, and just drew lines and wrote fridge, cabinet, range. And instead of looking at your phone, tape measure and marking out on the wall, you just put the stick in the corner of the room, draw the lines, and made it a lot more efficient. And granted, that only works if you have the same exact unit, but at the building we did that on, we had like, on the second part of the building, it was 80 of 100 units were the same, just oriented in a different way. As Norhart's approach to construction changed from wood to steel, Norhart trained its employees on how to approach this new medium and allowed them to speak up with ideas and suggestions about how to do the job even better. Uh, biggest thing is, Originally it was Romex or non-metallic sheath cable, which is what it is in most houses. It pulls a lot better through studs. And now we switch to like a corrugated MC cable. So it's metal sheathing. It doesn't pull as good. It's not as smooth, but you got to kind of learn, I guess, how to pull it. Cause the old style in a lumber building, you can just pretty much yank and it'll follow you. This, you got to kind of follow which way the service holes in the studs are punched out in the metal studs instead of lumber drilled. So that was a big deal getting to kind of get the feel for because you can't pull if you're just snagging metal on metal. And then the other big thing was uh, just drilling holes. Drilling through metal versus lumber is a whole different ball game. And that's just something we learned by I mean, we started with like these really cheap bits and then slowly got up to what we need. And now we can like for, I guess a comparison is we took like two weeks to finish the first single apartment unit at Oakdale. And I remember I wrote down in my goals, it'd be nice to finish a unit in two days. 
And then last week, we walked in a unit at about 11 a.m. and three, four guys, one guy had to leave and do something else, but we were able to finish by 4.30 p.m. And that, I was just like, wow, we've gotten a lot better without even noticing it. They have been very open about getting us all the tools we need. For example, they were buying us, I think they were like $20 metal cutting bits. And we were going through them like crazy, wearing out your shoulder, just like sitting up on a ladder, pushing on the steel with a $20 bit. And I brought up, someone brought up that more expensive bits will be more efficient, they'll last longer. And some companies would be like, well, I'll just keep struggling with the cheap ones. Because, and then, you know, three times more money for the same hole at the end. But no, they bought us the nice bits and stuff like that. They've been fully supportive of the tools we need to improve and get down to five hours in a unit instead of two weeks. Bringing trades in-house, building prefabrication factories, taking on the job experience and turning it into new processes. All these factors helped build the machine that would allow Norhart to move faster and farther. By doing this system, we're now producing an apartment unit every five hours, which is incredible. And I think we can get that down substantially lower yet again. And not many companies, or if any, if at all, are actually thinking about the work in this way and driving down that production to producing units that frequently. There's some real power behind it. The next thing we can do once we have that system in place is thinking about the supply chain and delivering the materials that people need to that unit the moment and the minute that they need it. And so building on a whole supply infrastructure is a pretty big challenge, but it's another important point to improving that productivity. On many job sites, a particular set of materials could be moved three or four or five times and the process be damaged. You know, an average foreman might think, well, just send me out all the materials so that I have what I need. And that's a valid thought process. It's certainly better than not having any materials at all when you need them. But by doing that, you're still not as efficient as you otherwise could be. To help Norhart grow even more, the company established a new department. Here's Angela, Norhart's materials manager, with more. Hi, yes. Um, so my name is Angela Shuttler. I work with Norhart Construction, and my current title is materials manager of the entire site. <laughs> so this is a new position. I'm the first one. They've created it just in March here and um, thought I'd be a great candidate for this position. So um, I said I would gladly take it on. So Norhart, we do engagement surveys with our employees. I believe it's either once or twice a year. And the biggest feedback that we got as a company from all of the employees is that um, from last year, 2022, that material management, getting their materials into the building or issues with their materials was the biggest headache that um, all the trades were having, that they were having a hard time tracking their material or they didn't have it in time or it was wasting production time to get the stuff into the building or unload trucks. So when they weren't hitting their numbers, they were saying that that was the main reason why they weren't able to hit their numbers. So I believe as a company, we realized that there's something that we need to do and that we need to actually put some attention to this spot. And I think this was our first step in trying to, to manage our materials by just making our own crew 
and since we do it all in house anyway too, I think the long-term goal is to have our own warehouse where we can have all the materials off-site, get them pre-kitted and that they're, the, the job site itself isn't getting over inundated with material that doesn't need to be there yet. So kitting to find a, something that is very similar would be like Amazon warehouse, for example. Um, if you were gonna order everything you would need to complete installation in your bathroom, you would make a shopping list and we would deliver exactly what you need, nothing more, nothing less for that unit. So essentially building a shopping cart for trades so that they don't have to go through the bulk quantity of items that they have. Um, so essentially taking big bulk orders, breaking them down into a digestible uh, installation kit for those trades and getting that into those areas for them. I used to be the finished carpenter lead uh, and I started kind of doing kitting of the materials in my trade um, last year. And I think we decided that you know, this would be great to kind of spread out for the entire trades and see what we can do to get more efficient. So what this is attempting to become is its own little warehouse for Norhart so that we have our own main hub, we have our own materials crew, we receive the trucks, we divvy them out and kit them for each trade and deliver them into the building so that these trades can focus on production. Um, just trying to streamline everything, how we can get it in there quickly and get those trades going. I think how other construction companies work is that they probably don't have a kitting department so that their trades are handling all that and it's not necessarily the best way and the efficient way to spend a company's money. Like for example, you're paying top dollar an electrical journeyman to break down materials. Um, so right there, other construction companies could be wasting money and valuable workers doing things that could be delegated to, you know, other other people so that they can be working on what journeyman quality type production would be. So I think that's what we're going to be doing by, you know, redefining the industry as far as finding like what retail does as far as the salesman's not the one stocking the shelves. The salesman's working on the sales and the warehouse workers are stocking those shelves. So for example, I'll just take one trade, um, finished carpentry. When I used to work on that, on that trade, we had every day we were spending three hours and having three to four men on the team just delivering the material. So that would cut the trade down in half as far as who's working on actually getting stuff done. The way that it is now, for example, we delivered finished carpentry material today and the finished carpenters weren't a part of that. And my crew, the three guys that I have, delivered that material. So that saved them three hours of production time instead of them moving their own material into the building. Well, my goal and my team's goal, um, so currently right now I have um, two guys on my team. Um, I wanna develop that crew into at least six to eight people and develop three different categories for materials management. I want to have one crew be um, receiving materials to the site and getting them organized in our warehouse so that they're shoppable for the next um, crew in the materials management, which would be building kits. So then there would be kits getting pre-assembled. And in my vision, um, 
If we have our own warehouse, we don't have to wait until production time to kit. We could even pre-kit in my, in my philosophy would be having a, a whole building kitted six months out and that the kitting is handled before we even start production is my goal. And then the third crew would be essentially turning this Norhart warehouse um, into a distribu distribution center that has all of everything you need already ready for those trades deliver that to the site and into the building. So that's my long-term goal here, to streamline the kitting process, helping trades understand what kit lists would look like and helping them get it into a very readable, very translatable to people in the warehouse so that you don't need to be a master plumber or a master electrician to understand what, what they're gonna need in that unit, making it very very user-friendly for the warehouse team. Because currently they're all construction workers, you know. What what looks like common sense to them won't be common sense to the, you know, the standard warehouse worker. So finding a language that works between the trades and what this warehouse team's gonna be. Finding that language that works for each other. And then um, ultimately having a Norhout warehouse so that we have multiple sites going on at once and we can have trucks going out to the sites and keeping production going. Um, ultimately, that is my goal. I, I won't lie to you, I had felt overwhelmed when I first took this on because it was very new. It was new to the company too. And I very, really wanna be successful, not just for myself, but I wanna see this company succeed too. So um, I just gotta remind myself and look back and see where I've came from. And just in these three months alone, I feel like I've made tremendous strides Kidding has already started. Um, I've officially probably gotten through 80% of the trades, have lists already made, and if not, already being executed and delivered. So a lot of these goals are already being hit. So I'm just gonna keep challenging myself to not get complacent and find the next more efficient way to get, th uh, get things done. But my goal is too, where I don't need to be boots on the ground, where I get it so streamlined that I don't need to be there hovering. We got, everyone's on the same page. But yes, it feels very critical. <laughs> Next time on Zero to Unicorn. With several trades officially brought in-house, Mike Kading and the Norhart team are rocketing toward unicorn status. But in these high growth years, there are still plenty of lessons to learn.